Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. Thanks for joining me and happy Friday to you. So before anything, before being a creator, I am most certainly a fan and like an internet lover. And I'm always watching kind of the strangest things. I get kind of sucked into like different sub communities on YouTube all the time. It's funny whenever anyone asks me for recommendations for other channels that are like mine, I honestly don't have many recommendations at all because most of the channels that I watch are very random, like nothing related to what I do. So I was doing that. I was just kind of binging on random vlogs and things like that. And something in the algorithm sent this YouTube series to me. And I have been absolutely obsessed with it. I don't want to say their name because I don't want this to come across as like a response to them or um, bashing them by any means. I'm learning a whole lot from them. But basically, it's a couple who they're a YouTube couple and they got into massive debt and they're kind of documenting their process of getting out of debt using the Dave Ramsey, you know, Dave Ramsey's teachings and things like that. And it's just been really interesting for me. But I kind of triggered something in me to record this podcast because one of the things in like one of their first videos in this series that they mentioned really like stuck out to me as a business owner. Uh, And it had to do with business taxes and business credit cards and things like that. And I know that this is the time of year where a lot of us are you know, starting to think about our annual taxes, we might be getting 1099 forms in, I think that they were due on the 31st of January. So we're kind of good to go now and file our taxes. If you did have a job at all, you know, a a day job, you're getting your W-2. So people are thinking about taxes and all that stuff. And so I wanted to clear up a couple of things. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James, and I'm your host. I'm a freelance digital marketer, video creator, and business coach. And this show is an inside look at the world of freelancing, featuring tips, tricks, and interviews with people who are doing it right. I'm so excited you're tuning into it. Let's get started. Now, full disclaimer here, as always, I am not a tax professional. I am not an accountant. I Google things just like you do. I'm definitely not perfect at this. And I do have an episode from, I think it's a couple years back, but still totally relevant with an actual accountant or tax prep professional. I'm going to link that down in the show notes. You might want to go check that one out for more of the sort of specific detailed stuff. But I really wanted to record an episode in layman's terms, like in here is what I do. Here are my tips just as a normal person, because I know sometimes like taxes and money and all that stuff just goes in one ear out the other for me because it gets so confusing. And I'm like, I don't really understand this. I don't, it freaks me out. So I tune out. But I think sometimes hearing things described from a real person and, you know, being honest about their real mistakes, their real learnings can sometimes be helpful. So let's start out with the thing that really made my ears kind of perk up in this YouTube series that I've been watching. 
So this couple, they talked about how they really didn't know how to file taxes once they started finding success on YouTube and working with brands and obviously getting their Google checks and things like that. They didn't really like, they knew that they had to save for taxes. They had heard people say that, but they didn't really understand how much it would be or how it all worked. So when they talked to an accountant, I believe they said it was, the accountant essentially advised them to offset their tax obligation by paying for some business expenses. One, that's kind of a red flag, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but it's not terrible. Like, yes, your business expenses can kind of balance that out somewhat. But what was really concerning is they said that they went into the Apple store and they just spent like $10,000 on a business credit card. And the way that they said it, and again, I'm not saying who these YouTubers are because this is in no way shade or anything to them. And I think that they understand it now. But the way that they said it was, yeah, we wanted to spend $10,000 on business expenses to basically save us $10,000 on taxes. And that is completely incorrect. And so I think that this is a common, common mistake that people make or are just misunderstanding. Even recently, I was talking to a couple of different freelancers who were like, oh, you pay like a lot in taxes because I just paid like a lot. Uh, And they're like, oh, don't you have business expenses? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I mean, what I made is still more than what I spent on my business. So it doesn't completely um, eliminate my tax bill. So I want to kind of break that down because I know already it sounds confusing me just saying it. So I want to, I want to really break it down. So, okay. First thing, yes, there are things that you can write off and there's special messaging, you know, that the IRS gives you, but essentially it should be a normal and ordinary business expense. So like I have clients in Europe, I'm not just going to go take a trip to Europe just for funsies and take that as a business trip unless I really truly was asked to fly there to do work and it was really necessary. Like then it might be a business expense, but I'm not going to just randomly take a vacation and maybe see my client for, you know, five minutes and, and write that off as business expense. No, you can't do that. You know, I'm not going to, you know, buy up the entire Apple store just because I want the new iPhone and the new iMac and all the stuff. I've been using a lot of my same equipment. I buy what's necessary. Like I actually need to buy a new charger for my MacBook Air. It is like scary. Like I'm scared it's going to like blow up or something. So things like that, I would go to the Apple store and may write off if, you know, my accountant deems them write offable, <laughs> but I'm not just going to buy stuff just because. So that's the first thing is you need to make sure that whatever you're writing off is truly for business. Other examples of things that I write off for business or that, you know, may count as business expenses are like education. So if I go to a conference, writing off the cost of that ticket, writing off coaching and courses, that's one of the reasons why I think those are some great things to invest in in your business, because although they do cost money and they're often, you know, not cheap, it at least is something that you may be able to write off as a business expense. But this is the thing. Don't buy things just because you want to lower your taxes. Because it just doesn't work that way. Here's the thing. Business expenses are not dollar for dollar write-offs. Let me explain. So if I buy a, I don't know how much the um, latest iPhone is, like $1,100 or whatever, If I buy that and I'm saying I'm going to strictly use this as my business phone, I'm going to use it to create content with, this is a business expense. Okay, $1,100. And let's say that my tax bill for the end of the year was $10,000. Me buying the iPhone does not mean that I now owe $9,000 or $8,900 or whatever that is. That's not what that means. What that means is that 
if I made $100,000 last year, then it's going to reduce my taxable income from $100,000 to 90, whatever, $100,000 minus $1,100 is. You don't get taxed 100% for your dollar. So it's really only going to be saving you like whatever the tax is that you paid on that item. So I'm really bad at math, so I'm sorry I can't paint a better picture. Maybe I should have done like a straight dollar amount, like $10. Okay, I buy a $10 notebook or whatever for my business, $10.60. I'm saving the $0.60 cents in Michigan. That's like the state tax or whatever. So it's going to be different depending on your tax bracket, depending on all that stuff. But just roll with me here. $0.60 cents essentially is what you're going to be saving from your taxes. You're not going to be saving the $10. You're not going to be saving the $10.60. You're going to be saving $0.60 cents or so on your taxes. So that's why you shouldn't be buying things just to buy things because you're still spending $10. You're still spending $1,100. Yeah, you might get $60 or whatever the heck the tax rate is for something like that back, if you will, or you know, it's not going to be your tax obligation anymore, but you're still spending $1,100. That's still a lot of money. So I don't go out and buy. I, I mean, I've rolled with a lot of the same equipment for many years. I just bought a new vlog camera because the screen was literally falling off. I used that for I think two or three years and even the camera that I bought was relatively inexpensive it was like 500 bucks so which you know is a lot of money but for camera equipment that's not that much I could have bought something way you know more intense and extreme but I didn't want to spend my income on a new camera when I have lots of other cameras that I could use so that's why you shouldn't buy things just buy things now the other thing with this is that I get concerned about this because you know, a lot of people are like, well, I can just kind of like balance it out and not really have to owe. Well, you don't want to not make money. Like the point of having a business <laughs> is to make money usually. I mean, sure, there's other reasons, other things we want to do, but we also want to earn money. And if you write down your business, your business income to where you maybe made a lot of money, but your profit meaning your revenue minus expenses is like a zero or like 10,000 or 20,000 or something pretty low. Okay. So especially if you're a single member LLC, what happens when you want to prove your income for something? I am a renter and I always worry about this because they almost always ask you for a proof of income, either a, you know, a pay stub. It's usually a pay stub, but for freelancers, it's often a tax form. So if my tax form says that I only had $10,000 of taxable income last year, they're going to be like, how the heck can you afford this apartment? I'm starting to think about homeownership. I don't really want to own my own home, but I do want to kind of think about investment property. What do I do with that? <laughs> like, how, how am I going to get approved for a mortgage if I only made $20,000 or $10,000 or whatever it is? So that's another reason that I always caution people against like writing off so much to where you're basically at zero? I don't know. I'm not an accountant, but that's just kind of in my mind what makes sense. Yeah, when I heard that on that YouTube video, I was like, wow, this is bad advice. And then it got like from bad to like really bad. The other thing that kind of, I don't know, made me stop and think about you guys is business credit. So I do get questions about that sometimes. Should you open a business credit card? Do I have a business credit card? How do I use business credit? All that stuff. Well, I'll tell you what I'm not doing. I'm not walking into the Apple store and buying everything 
that I want. I do have a business credit card. It took a lot for me to open one though. Like I didn't open a business credit card until I think like two years ago or something. I made a video a while back on my my personal YouTube channel about my own personal credit card debt and how I, you know, when I was younger in college, I wasn't in a bit of debt, not anything astronomical, but I wasn't the most responsible with credit. And so my business credit card took a lot for me to open because I didn't want to fall back into that kind of behavior. So that's what I would say. Number one is if you're thinking about getting a business credit card, think about what type of spender you are, what type of saver you are. Can you really handle that responsibility? So there is that. I decided to go ahead and get one for a couple of different reasons. So one of the reasons that I want to open business credit card is because, and I don't fully understand how this works, I'll be honest with you, but I do know that your business, if you have like an EIN number, it can build credit just like your person can. So just like, you know, you have credit associated with your social social security number, your business can also have credit because an EIN is basically like your business's social security number. So I was like, okay, I'm actually getting established as an LLC. I'm, you know, starting to think down the line, way down the line about I want to build a business that maybe I can sell someday or maybe I, you know, can build in whatever way. So I want to start building credit for it. I don't fully understand how that works, like I said, but I know that it is a good thing to do. I also went ahead and did that because I started traveling a lot more. I don't travel all the time for business, but if I do book a big conference, I mean, I'm going to content marketing world later. That ticket was like a thousand bucks and then I'm going to have to pay for a hotel and everything too. Luckily I can drive there, but that's a lot of money at one time. So it is nice for things like that. Now, I don't personally put anything on my business credit card that I do not have the money for in the business account or I can move it around into my business account to pay for it, but I can see how if you were like, oh, I'm having an invoice, an invoice is coming in literally a week later and I need to go to New York for a client's event or something like that. It can be nice to have that flexibility and not have to completely max out your checking account or wait for that invoice to come in before you can book something, things like that. So I'm using it primarily for travel, like business travel, because yeah, you know, you need a credit card to like put a hold on a a hotel room and things like that. And it just can just work out a little bit better than me completely dumping $1,500 or whatever it is right away um, for an event or travel. I also like it because my credit card, I get cash rewards. So like I just looked today and I have $150 cash rewards in my account right now, which is pretty cool. And I, I just don't even think about it. And again, since I'm using it often for big purchases, I end up getting a lot of cash rewards. So basically a cash reward just means that like it's cash, like I can transfer it into my account and I just earned $150 for doing nothing, <laughs> like literally for just flying on a plane, like cool, you got $150. I actually just opened another credit card recently for my personal life, which is a travel travel rewards card because again, they do travel semi-frequently. It's nice to be able to get those points so you can like upgrade your seats or, you know, even fly for free sometimes. So those are the reasons that I use credit cards, but I really, I don't use them unless I have the money for them. So yeah, I think that's kind of what I've got on business credit cards, but just going back to taxes, what can you do to... (laughs) not get in this situation because this YouTube couple that I've been watching, they're like $80,000 in debt. And honestly, the majority of it is because of their business spending and buying a house that was too big. And and that was a little bit out of their 
kind of price range now because they were making a lot of money at one point. And I thought it just brought up an interesting point because they're on a variable income, which many of us are. So how can we prevent ourselves from getting in the same situation as freelancers, as business owners, as entrepreneurs? Okay. So first things first, save money for taxes. I often hear 30% as a recommendation. I personally save a lot more because of a couple of reasons. One, my tax bracket, um, you know, you got to look into this yourself. I don't know all the numbers for sure, but I do know that I'm in a certain tax bracket where I think that my taxable, whatever, my tax rate is a little bit higher. I also live in a city, unfortunately, that charges me city taxes, even though I'm not a homeowner. Not a lot of cities do this, but I would definitely check to make sure that your city doesn't because I didn't know that my city did this until I got a tax bill (laughs) one year and I had no idea that I was supposed to file for city taxes. So that's a huge bummer because it's actually quite a lot too. I mean, I end up paying like I don't even know what it is. When I was just side hustling, I paid at least a few thousand dollars every year. So being full-time, it's even a lot more. And the more money you make, the more money you pay. So it's very annoying. Um, So I personally save like more like 40 to 50% for taxes, which just sounds wild, I know. But the thing is, it's better to oversave than undersave. I would rather at the end of the year be like, oh, cool. I have like randomly a bunch of money in this account that I didn't need to use it for taxes. And then I can use it for the next year's taxes or spend a little bit or, you know, whatever, pay myself a little bit, something like that. So that's what I recommend. Look up what your tax liability is going to be. Look up if there are city taxes, state taxes, all that stuff, and then put aside at least like 30%, but I would say probably 30 to 40% for taxes. And then also track everything that you're spending. So I have recommended this so many times. I'm going to recommend it again. I also have an affiliate link. If you want to join, you get 50% off your first six months, I believe it is, if you use my link. But QuickBooks Self-Employed is where it's at. So I hook it up to my bank account. This is not an ad. This is me being serious. I would not know how to do life without them. You hook it up to your credit cards, your debit cards, whatever you you know spend money with. And you'll be able to let them know which transactions are made for business, which are made for personal use. And then they'll be able to tell you what your tax liability estimated is going to be. And uh, they help you pay quarterly taxes and things like that. So I, like I said, would be totally lost (laughs) without this. I also have separate accounts. So I, I did mention that I have a business credit card, but I also have a business debit card, checking account, savings account, all of that. So that way, when I am going through my expenses with QuickBooks Self-Employed, there's really no question. Like if it's coming from this certain card, it's a business expense. If it's coming from a certain other card, it's personal. So it's pretty easy. Obviously, sometimes um, maybe when you're first starting out, you might have kind of like mixed up expenses or something. But as soon as you absolutely can start a business checking account. It usually doesn't cost anything, especially if you go through like a credit union. You just need your EIN number, which you will get when you file an LLC typically. So those are my recommendations for that. And then just lastly, like circling back, don't spend what you wouldn't normally spend. So I needed to fix my iMac this year. So I did, but I didn't buy a new iMac. I could have done that instead, but the more economical solution and the, the, the thing that made the most sense for me and my lifestyle was just to fix the hard drive for $200 versus spend $1,500 or more 
on a new computer. So don't do things just because you think that they're going to save you money. You're still spending that money. Yes, you'll get a little bit of a a tax write-off from it, but not a lot. I'm telling you, it's really not a lot. Now, there are things that are kind of good investments to make for your business just overall that you often can write off. I'm saying often and may, obviously, because it depends on your unique situation, things like that and where we're at. But nine times out of 10, things like office space, a co-working space can be written off. Um, You know, new equipment, services that you use, like editing services like Canva and PicMonkey and, uh, you know, software subscriptions, creative suite, all that kind of thing. Um, Contract labor is something. So if you're hiring other freelancers, that can help with your tax liability. Like I said, business travel, education, so courses, coaching, um, you know, things like that, consulting, what else? Office supplies. So if you're buying calendars, if you're buying notebooks, if you're buying pens, those things, education in the term, in the form of books, things like that. Um, so yeah, there's, I mean, that's just a few meals, gifts. Those are a little bit trickier because they only allow you to deduct like a certain amount. I think meals is, I can't remember what it is, but it's like 30% or 40%, something like that of the meal. So if you took your client out to dinner, you couldn't deduct the whole amount, but you could deduct some gifts. I believe I want to say it's $25 per client now but I could be wrong. So double check that, but they give you a cap on it. So yes, you can send your clients in end of the year or Christmas gift or whatever you want to call it, but don't buy them like a Gucci wallet because that's not going to help you with your taxes. So buy something $25 or less. So there are definitely are things that are ordinary, normal expenses that I would normally be spending anyway that do have the little bonus of being able to have a bit of a tax write-off, but I'm not buying a gift because I want it to save me money because it's not going to save me money. It would be cheaper for me to pay that tax amount to the IRS than to buy the gift and not pay the tax amount. Does that make sense? I know it's a little bit confusing, but you're really not saving money by getting tax write-offs. Yeah, I hope that it, I hope I explained that kind of in an understandable way. I know it's a very confusing topic. So feel free to send me your questions on Instagram or Twitter. Again, I am not an expert. Listen to the other episode I have with the actual expert as well. But I wanted to explain things, like I said, just kind of in my everyday layman's terms. I do not buy things because they're going to help me with my taxes. <laughs> That's not why I buy things. I'll buy things and be like, oh, I guess I can write that off. That's pretty cool. But I have the money for it in advance. Like I'm not just buying things to help save me money at the end of the year. That's not how it works. So that's what I have. Those are my my tips. Honestly, my biggest tip is to track everything. So again, make sure to check out QuickBooks Self-Employed if you don't have an accounting system figured out already. I do have that link. I'm going to link it in the show notes. 50% off your first six months. It's going to help you so much, seriously. But also get an accountant. You know, with that, use QuickBooks Self-Employed to track your stuff throughout the year. But then when it's tax, tax time, pay somebody to do your taxes, especially if it's your first time doing any type of freelance or self-employed stuff because it does get really confusing. I mean, unless you're like, you, you know, went to school for this or know what you're doing, definitely go to a professional, especially if it's your first time or you had like major life changes that you're not sure, or you're unsure if something can be written off. But I'm telling you, using something like QuickBooks Self-Employed throughout the year will help so much when you take stuff to an accountant because you're not like pulling out random receipts from, you know, 
half a year ago and being really confused. It's all super organized for them and for you. So I hope this helped clear up a couple of things for you. I hope you enjoyed. As always, uh, please make sure to rate the show, review the show on iTunes. It helps me out so, so much. And you guys, my membership community is also alive and thriving. So head to bit.ly slash LJ membership to go ahead and join. It's $10 a month and we are going to be having our first call actually today. I believe it is that you're listening to this, but we'll be doing calls almost every week and tons of resources and cool things to help you build your business as well. So it's really the insiders community that's going to have everything that you need to help yourself make that goal income that you're looking to make in 2020. So anyway, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Have a great day. I'm Latasha James, and that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to review it on iTunes or share it with a friend. This podcast is all about community, so you can also go ahead and head over to the Facebook group. It's called the Freelance Friday podcast community, or follow me on social. My handle is the Latasha James across all platforms. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode. And like I said, feel free to share it with a friend, tag a friend, screenshot the episode and tag a friend. It really helps us grow this community. And my goal is to help as many people through this collective community become better freelancers and more empowered freelancers. So that's it for the episode. I'll talk to you in the next one. It airs every single Friday. I'll talk to you again then.